Autobots Transform. Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm John. And today it is episode 32 of Transformers Cybertron. It is balance. This episode was written by Hiro Misaki, and the last time on Transformers Cybertron, all the Autobots arrived on Cybertron and activated the Omega Lock, which turns Cybertron into Primus. And in this episode, Kobe kind of can't believe that... Primus looks like a planet. <laughs> yeah, giant mechanical planet, because he is. And now down on the surface of Primus, uh, did it sound to you like the first few notes of the Star Trek The Next Generation theme in the background right here? But uh, yeah, Red it didn't get- to me. What I did notice was at the beginning, it had that tool, that cool quasi tool music that I still can't find. Oh, the one that sounds a bit like Eulogy. Yes. But uh, yeah, Red Alert's getting all the things set up and Bud thinks that the Autobots seem nervous and they're like, well, yeah, man, we're pretty much about to meet our creator. And not only meet our creator, but we're like standing on him with our dirty, grubby boots. Yes. Um, <laughs> and they're, so they're connecting a bunch of like, I don't know what they're connecting, but they're connecting a bunch of stuff to Primus and then they're going to connect Joel to Primus since he had previously channeled Primus when they were inside Primus, I guess. Oh, by the way, dear listener, this is the episode where the series officially goes off the rails. But yeah, they throw the switch and uh, Optimus asks uh, through Jolt, because they're going to use Jolt to, you know, talk to Primus. He asks him if Primus can hear him and Primus's eyes start glowing and then Jolt starts glowing and levitating. And Remember when you asked if, uh, okay, if Jolt is Alpha 5, I said he reminds me of Alpha 5, who's Zordon? Primus is. Because it sounds like both of them from Power Rangers talking right here. It really does. Uh, And what Primus slash Jolt explains is that there's a good force, red, (laughs) and an evil force, purple. And the evil force, I guess, was Unicron, and the Autobot, he acknowledges that the Autobots destroyed it. So is this the first time they've really acknowledged the previous two series in this trilogy? It seems like it, yeah, because before it's like, oh, that black hole is here. I think they mentioned something about how that's where Unicron was destroyed. What, did they? Okay, I'm trying to forget this. And then they just kind of left that alone for however many episodes, and now they're finally coming back to it? Yeah, so apparently, the because the Autobots destroyed uh, Unicron... Now the universe is in balance, which we've mentioned before. You know, you've quoted Tony Iommi and Bob Ross. You need the dark to have the light. Well, yeah. And and Vector Prime tries to explain that better to the kids that Unicron and Primus have been around since day one. Good and evil. One can't exist without the other. And Optimus is like, yeah, yeah, that's great. But how do we close the black hole? And it turns out that only Primus can do that. And only if he has all four keys, which they already knew. Yeah, there's a lot of like... I don't even want want to call it repetition, but just monotony in this episode of like, well, we have to do this thing. Yeah, we know. You've been doing it for the whole series. And uh, Megatron and Starscream have the map. Yeah, we know. From episode one, they had the map. And now Megatron, as we don't know where the fourth key is, which I thought Megatron had the fourth key and that turned yeah. into his uh, Gatling gun. But apparently, they need the fourth key still. Oh, yeah. And, and they do point out that the Decepticons have had not one, but two copies of the map all this time and they didn't find the key so how was having the map going to help them but then it shows a vision of g1 optimus prime yes. rodimus prime ultra magnus and jazz looking at something in between them and, and primus says it's what they 
you humans call the Atlantis pattern. It's a diagram of a space bridge, and it was these four elders, he calls them, who decided where to send the four cyber planet keys on those ships all those years ago. And then we see, like, a, there's a dumb moment where it's Kobe or Bud or one of them is like, I think what Primus is doing is uh, projecting an image into our... Dude, it's a fucking hologram. Get over yourself. But they see a, a hologram, sorry. <laughs> they see a hologram of um, the those Atlantis ships flying, and uh, he... Is this when we get, we find out with the, where it went? Uh, no, we don't find out that it went to the planet Gigantichon or whatever it's called. But before we find that out, we see that Sideways was spying on the Autobots this entire time. Yep. He just laughs and teleports away. And now wherever this is, Starscream wakes up with a bunch of wires connected to him and Sideways teleports in and says, this is their new hideout. And Starscream has questions, but instead of just standing there talking, Sideways is like, you know, it'd be just a lot quicker to show you. Which it wouldn't be. It would be a lot quicker to tell you. It's always just a lot quicker to tell the person than to turn into a jet and fly halfway across the fucking universe (laughs) or whatever they're going to do. But we go back to the Autobots and this is when they find out that the name of the planet is Gigantion? Gigantion or Gigantion? (laughs) But Gigantion? Well, I think they say Gigantion, (laughs) but it would be spelled T-I-O-N. Whatever. This is all stupid. Oh, yeah. Um, And here's where it gets stupider, Sean. Um, Jolt doesn't remember where he's from, or he remembers the name of the planet, but not where he's from. But he remembers all these details about being on a spaceship, which is never going to matter, and how Vector Prime found him and they were hiding on the spaceship. And there's all this exposition dump that neither of them thought to tell anybody beforehand. Well, yeah, and it's like Vector Prime found them adrift in space in the ship because they got onto the ship because they were playing hide-and-seek on Jake. Ganshin, and apparently that was a good place to hide, and they, I don't know, they launched themselves into space or something. And then Red Alert thinks he can access the Minicon's deteriorated memories, because I guess he figures if these guys can't put it together, the memories must still be in there, but we just gotta dig them out. He can figure that out, and they can figure out where Gigantion was, because apparently Gigantion disappeared on the other side of the wormhole, that's why the map points to an empty point in space, and uh, they're gonna dig his memories out to find out where the wormhole is. Yeah, and, and we, we see like Red Alert's like, don't worry, I'll be able to put you back together, Crocky. And as he <laughs> like leans into Jolt, Jolt starts screaming. We uh, Fade to black, I think this is the commercial break, but like this is really dark. He's going to take Jolt's brain apart, poke and prod at it, and then I guess put it back together. And we don't see any of this because when we come back, uh, we go to Scourge for a bit, I guess, when we come back, don't we? Yeah, because there's the, the other Decepticons are still standing on the invisible Hot Wheels ramp on the way to Cybertron and Scourge declares himself their new leader now that Megatron's gone. Oh, he was so brave, but he's dead, so I'm your new leader. And then they all start fighting over who should run this outfit and Crumple's own Ransack and Thundercracker team up to take on Scourge. They have this line like, three on one equals fun, and uh, <laughs> Thunderblast is going to revisit that later, but she's just like, I'm just going to let these idiots fight it out. She just kind of hides behind a rock and watches them. <laughs> So while they're fighting sideways and Starscream, I'm pretty sure they fly like past this fight because they're talking out loud about how Megatron's dead and they're going to go get whatever the key lock Omega orb thing and Thunderblast overhears them. Well, yeah, and she has this line about the whether she made the right choice to leave Starscream to join these nitwits. And I'm thinking, lady, he probably doesn't even know you left. Just come back. Like It's not like he's taking attendance, right? Yeah. And at the same time, 
Nobody cares. Uh, but we well, then also go... Starscream sent you after Megatron. He doesn't know that you signed up, right? Just... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like I said, dear listener, off the fucking rails. But Red Alert, we go back to Red Alert, who's, I guess he's finished scanning Jolt. He hasn't taken him apart, or he did take him apart and put him back together. And now Jolt is giggling like he's being tickled. Well, yeah, I have it down. He's laughing like Elmo because Red Alert's brain scan or whatever it was tickles, and uh, they're making him laugh because he wasn't annoying enough before. But yeah, Red Alert explains that Jolt's brain, because it's so much smaller than an Autobot's, is by necessity much more complex, and Lori needs to know what that means, and Red Alert says it means you need to spend more time in school. He also says that Jolt's brain is more like a human child's brain, which I could have told you that at the very beginning (laughs) when I first met him. Yeah, so this might take a while is basically what he's saying here. It's not familiar technology to him like an Autobot's brain would be. But back outside, something is coming with ants in its pants, Scattershot says, and it's Starscream. He lands and blasts at Wingdang, and Vector Prime says, I won't let you harm Primus, and he stands there with his arms out like he's going to shield an entire planet that he's standing on from Starscream. Oh, yeah. They So they land on Primus, and they're looking for the Omega Lock, and th- then Starscream insists, like, he says something about Primus and Megatron being ancient history, but dude, you you're standing on Primus. He's not ancient history. He's here right now. Yeah, and does it seem like Starscream keeps changing size? Like, first he was huge next to Sideways when he was lying there, and then more or less he was kind of the same size as everybody else, and now he's huge again because when Optimus and Wingdang form Wing, Sonic Wingmo, whatever it's called, and to get the swords out and fire the Gatling guns. But yeah, Starscream is huge again when it shows the shots landing. Yeah, there's two things this episode does that are very G1. Uh, accurate. One of them was earlier when we saw, I don't know how accurate this was, but we saw like Optimus and Hot or um, uh, Rodimus and all them from G1 being referred to as elders, which felt kind of Beast Wars to me, where it's like, oh, Optimus Prime was ancient. But then this is the other one where size doesn't seem to matter anymore. (laughs) But yeah, the rest of the Autobots start blasting Starscream too, but now Scourge and the other Decepticons are here, flying in on their meteor they can somehow control, and (laughs) Thunderblast comes flying in after them, and there's this weird line she says about, like, what, you've never seen a girl float on her own Energon beam before? (laughs) Yeah, she's like in vehicle mode, floating on it, whatever, it's all silly. And to carry on the silly kind of lameness, when the Autobots attack her, there's a whole bunch of lines about like, oh, we're gonna mess up your mascara, toots. And it's just like, oh, guys, come on. Says something about how your wind attack might mess up my hair, even though she doesn't have hair. But And then she does get sent flying from somebody's attack. I think Leo Brecker pounces on her. And she has that line like, three against one, no fair! Call back! Uh, So the Decepticons engage with the Autobots. Like, everybody starts fighting. Everybody. And Starscream. uh, Starscream. uh, He flies off and then tries to shoot Primus. I don't know what his endgame here is, but he's blasting at Primus. Well, yeah, he tries to shoot him in the head, but Primus wakes up at the last second and blocks the shot and then just backhands Starscream away. (laughs) This made me laugh because it cuts to the Autobots standing there watching Starscream go flying and Optimus smashes Scourge off of him and he's like, get off of me! Like the janitor and that old Adam Sandler bit. (laughs) And then Starscream attacks Primus again and everybody is like, wow, he must be insane. Well, yeah, because he's pretty much fighting a god right and then 
George even has a line like, uh, I'll probably have to deal with Starscream someday, so I guess he figures that Starscream's going to survive this fight. But for now, he has to deal with the Autobots, so he attacks Optimus, and they all start fighting again. Yeah, yeah, everybody. There is a brief shot here that's pretty cool where, like, it's a big panning shot, and everybody's jumping in. There's a whole bunch of laser fire. That's pretty cool. And then Primus gets out, like, the biggest Macross-caliber huge-ass shoulder guns. (laughs) That's exactly what I called it. It was, like, the main gun on the SDF-1, they come out and he just obliterates Starscream. I understood that reference. And, uh, or at least it seems to me that he just destroys Starscream, but conveniently, the cyber planet map, or whatever it was called, conveniently falls and lands in Vector Prime's hands. Yeah, like, I, okay, I don't know if he got, Starscream got knocked into space or just vaporized, but the one thing that survives is the map, and it yeah. perfectly, Vector Prime doesn't even have to move, it just lands in his hand. No. Come like, on, animators. Wouldn't it go flying with Starscream at the very least? Doesn't but, matter. Either way, Ransack and Crumple Zone, they're just sneaking along, talking about how they love sneaking up on people, when all of a sudden a bunch of scrap metals just appear out of nowhere and swarm them, and Crumple Zone uses his cyber key bazooka he calls it something but like the only word i can make out is bazooka but there's just too many of them they just pile on them oh sorry there's too many scrap metals the scrap metals that uh red alert hot shot and scatter shot destroyed <laughs> yeah. in, in their entirety but now oh, there's yeah, too many of them again that. i see <laughs> but yeah they, they just pile on and then crumple zones like ah it hurts and hurts and then he explodes and then oh, megatron's ghost i guess appears well yeah thunderblast is thinking okay this fight isn't as much fun without megatron she starts running but then she runs straight into megatron's ghost and the kids are watching this because of course they are and in bud's opinion as a professional he believes megatron is a ghost and only then is Kobe scared? Not that, like, Megatron just showed up. It's like, oh, but he's a ghost? Okay, now I'm scared. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, oh, but you know how I'm scared of ghosts, <laughs> so you would have been fine if they didn't say the G word. <laughs> Whatever. So the kids the, the kids are wasting everybody's time and talking about nonsense when suddenly Sideways is just there in the whatever room they're on in Primus. Well, yeah, and he has all of the minicons because you know how quiet Jolt is, right? Like, he wouldn't say anything even if Sideways teleported in and then just picked up all of the minicons one by one. <laughs> like, Jolt wouldn't say anything. No, that makes total sense. Um, and then, okay, I don't know what happened here. Sideways, I'm making quote signs here, teleports away, but like, there's a giant rift in space or a foggy yeah. cloud that the kids can jump into this time? Uh, that's a first, I think. And But yeah, they jump in after him because I guess they thought that would be a good idea. And now they're floating in a room somewhere and wonder where they are. And I don't care. The Autobots destroyed Unicron at the end of a series that has nothing to do with this one, and they could have just said the destruction of such a powerful being caused the black hole to appear, or that the last thing Unicron did before death was tear the thing open. That would have been fine, but that wasn't stupid enough, so they had to take a different route. In destroying Unicron, the Autobots upset the balance between good and evil, and yes, I get it, you need the bad times to know the good, you need the dark to show the light, and Bob Ross said that, but wouldn't that mean that with the evil of Unicron gone, that there'd be too much good in the universe? Like, you can't even get down the road now because there's too many Boy Scouts helping little old ladies across the street? Well, if that's the case, the answer's right in front of them. Throw Primus into the black hole. Problem solved. Sure, it's a bit drastic, but the status quo will be preserved. Uh, But it's 
Primus was asleep all this time up till now. Shouldn't the balance between good and evil have already been upset when Unicron showed up back in Energon? Like, Superman might be a force for good, but he can't save the world from Solomon Grundy while he's asleep in bed. Oh, there's a reference for you, kids. Wouldn't waking Primus up have been the worst thing they could have done? Like, just leave... Well... Here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Ipicus Podcast Show. This was Balance. Paul, what leveled out for you? Uh, the battles. The battles were... Again, pretty well done. They always yeah, seem... Yeah, that that's my answer, too. They do that well in this show. I, I I can give it that. In this series, yeah. There is... I mean, it's happened a couple times, but not often do you get that... Uh, 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 that you got all throughout Armada and Energon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that wasn't here. The, I think I mentioned, like, that big panning shot when everybody gets into the fight it was a pretty good shot. And the other thing I can say good about this episode was that I laughed out loud a couple times at the sheer stupidity and <laughs> insanity. Well, it's just the also that bit where she's flying in on her little moon beam, whatever the fuck it is. It's like, haven't you ever seen a girl flying on her own energon beam? Just some of the ridiculous comments in it. Yeah, they did make me laugh, but I don't think that's really what they intended. Yeah, and I know we're trying to be positive here in this part, but I'm, I've said it before that I'm worried this show is going off the rails into energon stupidity, and I, I really believe this episode was like... We've crossed the Rubicon. Yeah. Well, now that they've mentioned that, you know, this fourth planet is in an, another universe on the other side of a wormhole. Ugh. And you didn't have to say that because yeah. it's not. I mean, I, I guarantee I I would bet a hundred dollars that it's not going to be in another universe. They're just going to fly to it and then they're <laughs> routinely going to fly back and forth like it's no big thing. Kind of like they did in Energon. Yeah. Exactly like they did in Energon. But... This isn't Energon, this is Cybertron, and I'm gonna, you know, hope springs eternal, I guess. Uh, we'll find out if it does spring in the next episode, which is Darkness. Uh, if you want to talk to a couple dim bulbs, uh, you can email the show at transformersnippickers at gmail.com. Yeah, make sure you rate and review us in your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. You can tell them that they can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show at transformersnippickers.podbean.com. And until the next episode, keep on transforming. <laughs> See you later. Absolutely have to have dark in order to have light. Gotta have dark. Gotta have opposites. Dark and light. Light and dark. Continually in painting. <laughs>